it's not necessarily bad for the conversation to go off track. Like that can be some of the best stuff. If it's, you know, unexpected, it's not necessarily where I wanted it to go, but that can be awesome and unexpected and, and a great, pleasant surprise. But if I'm not prepared, then I'm not even really going to know when it's going off track in a bad way or when it's going off track in a good way. That's David Condos. He's a podcast producer, host, and he's a really good interviewer. He is a pro at creating engaging, digestible, and memorable stories that help make critical topics accessible to the general public. You're going to hear him share how he prepares his guests to ensure their story is heard, in particular through the perspective of the audience. David also explains how to conduct a great podcast interview, ensuring your guest shares their best insights and stays on topic during the conversation. Welcome to Brandcasting with Relationary Marketing, the show all about how to build a professional branded podcast that delivers on your business's goals. I'm your host, Clark Buckner, partner and co-founder here at Relationary, a turnkey podcast production agency for B2B content marketing. We help brands and agencies create engaging content to establish thought leadership, nurture key relationships, and promote events. For a recap and transcript of this episode, and to download our free five-step guide to building a branded podcast, head on over to relationarymarketing.com slash podcast. All right, let's jump in. I'm a podcast producer, host, interviewer based in Nashville, Tennessee. David, thanks so much for hanging out with us. We're here in the studio and we're going to be talking a little about interviewing and some of the things that we've both learned along the way. I really want to hear your perspective. There's not many people I've met who haven't experienced doing podcasting in the healthcare space. You check that box. Doing podcast hosting at conferences. You check that box as well. And a lot of really interesting perspectives you have. So I think we just jump right in. How about we start off just a quick snapshot of you know how did you get into this stuff why podcasting take me back rewind it back yeah 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 and so the avenue for me was uh, music and it allowed me to do some really cool stuff you know i mean like you know went to belmont or nashville got to you know tour the country um it was really really fortunate but then a few years ago you know getting older i'm you know married uh, our son was born in in 2015 and music is hard like i mean nashville's might be the best place in the world to make it happen, but it's still, you know, hard to make that a sustainable career with a family and all that. And so I had this opportunity in 2016 to start doing a podcast. I had no experience doing podcasts. I mean, I'd always done pretend interviews. So I like felt like I had, okay, I can do that. Just, and I'm talking about, you know, as a kid with a tape recorder or a camcorder or something. But the the thing that really kind of convinced my boss at the time who had the idea of starting this podcast was that I had the audio side from from music. And so I know how to kind of work the mics and know how to do digital audio editing, mixing, that kind of thing. And that and that opportunity came up and I and I jumped on it. And then right away it just seemed like a really cool kind of marriage of the storytelling interviewing side and then the kind of artistic creative expression, producing something, creating something side that I had grown to love and had a lot of experience with music. And so that that was just 
being the right place, the right time. Yes, that was 2016 when podcasting was starting to become more of a thing. So, you know, it's been a really, really cool time to, to be a part of that and really see it as a, as a career, as a field, as a, a thing that more and more people are catching on to. I love it. And I'm so glad you got into it and you're really good at what you do. So how about next? Let's talk about some of the things you've learned along the way. So what makes a good podcast interview? I think that might be a good place to start here. Yeah. Hopefully, I would say something that feels like new and fresh, covers something that is, you know, you're covering it in a different way. You're shining a light on something that's maybe undercovered topic or a guest, whatever it may be. Yeah, to create a piece that's going to be interesting, going to be uh, memorable, um, but also going to be digestible for the listener. Because like for me, like I'm talking about, you know, some healthcare stuff. So there's some stuff that if you're working in that field, you're going to get it right away. But there's some stuff that I think would still be interesting for the average listener. But, you know, we need to make sure that we're approaching it in a way that's going to be digestible. Digestible. So is that length? Is that topic? How do you take complex topics and try mm-hmm. to make them more understandable, more digestible, more transferable? Yeah. Some of that is, I would say, is length. I mean, that's a that's one simple way. Uh, another way is just to, and this is easy for me because I'm not a super expert on a lot of these topics, is to approach it as if you know, the listener really doesn't know what they're talking about. And so if they use an acronym saying like, okay, and that's the, what is such and such, or like having them clarify kind of what those connecting the dots are, what those pieces are to, to make sure that everybody can get cut up and you're not just, you know, ripping off, you know, jargon. I mean, people, you want people to connect. And that's part of that is, you know, not leaving them behind, being thoughtful of them during the creation process, thoughtful of the listener. Yeah. So if you think more about this creation process, you have to have a guest that is comfortable and because you can also feel if if you're interviewing a guest and either they're distracted or maybe they're just really nervous or whatever, that transfers pretty, mm-hmm. pretty clearly through just listening to someone. So how much of it? Do you normally try to get your guests comfortable? Do you have any tips that have yeah. that work really well, especially if you're interviewing someone who's not used to being interviewed? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's that's something I encounter a lot uh, in my experience. And so, like, some of the time I'll be interviewing people who have been interviewed a bunch. So, like, politicians, CEOs, authors, people like that. What's who, a big example that you've talked to of uh, a guest you've had, like a politician? Like uh, Chris Christie. <laughs> like uh, Glennon Doyle is an author. Um Okay, but you compare that against yeah, people yeah. who so, have not been interviewed. Yeah, so there's that. And so the, the challenge with the, the former is like kind of nudging them off their talking points, trying to make them you know, like stop and think about something in a different way. But yeah, like then like you said, the other side of it is a lot of these people, at least in my experience, have never been interviewed before. They're nonetheless f- physic- with a, a microphone. Yeah, physically afraid of the microphone. And so that's, you know, obviously a whole other challenge. And that's where... Part of my job in that setting is to make sure they feel comfortable. And so, yeah, I would say some tips, like even like when people put microphones on and they hear their voice. The headphones. Or yeah, they put the headphones on, I'm sorry, and they hear their voice in the microphone. That is very unsettling for a lot of people. And so, you know, in, in those moments, you can be mitigating that by, 
you know, having them put on the headphones right away and so they can hear it like as I'm like finishing setting up. And then, you know, after a couple minutes of that, we transition into the conversation kind of like we're, we're just doing here where you don't really notice. There's not like a director's thing slaps and it's like, okay, now it's interview the time. The lights flip on, everything. Yeah, yeah. and right. so you try to, try to make it as, as seamless transition as possible so where it's they kind of forget that the microphone is, is there. I would say another thing is stuff that you can do like before the interview starts. So like in the days leading up to it, you know, making sure the communication is good, oh. uh, making sure, you know, if they have any questions, if they have any lingering mm. concerns, so that they know what to expect. They know like how it's going to get laid out. And I, even if I haven't talked with them mm. in the days leading up to it, I'll explain that, you know, when we sit down, it's kind of like, oh, you know, this is how it's going to go. And it's going to be, you know, we're talking about things that you'll want to talk about. I'm, you know, my job is to you know, set you up to talk about what you're passionate about, what you're an expert in. And so just kind of like helping them feel that. at That's ease. That's a good point. It comes from the prep. You know, we yeah. call it step two, the prep slash invite. And we kind of take it case by case. Sometimes we're sending guests more of the questions in advance. Sometimes we don't send that much in advance. Our experience has been if definitely if there is some kind of anxiety, sending them some questions just so they can, okay, all right, I can do this. Um, but sometimes we keep it casual too. So either way, I think you got to feel mm-hmm. it out, right? Right, right, right. And yeah, and I definitely, I, a lot of people don't care. Like they don't want questions at a time. You brought, so, yeah. I love that you brought some notes that you prepared, but you're not reading from anything. That's what you want to avoid is setting someone up where they feel like they're coming in with a script that they're reading. Mm-hmm. That is just game yeah. over. Yeah. And I'll say one other thing that, that seems to be really big for helping people is making it 100% clear that this is not radio. Because I think that's... And a, what do you mean by that? I mean, it, it's not live. Ah, it's not like streaming perfect. out like to the world as you're saying it because I think that really makes people Boom. tense up. I love that. It's such a good tip. This is not live. This is easily edited. I just I can visually see someone just deflating and finding right. more comfort. Yeah. And it also helps that we don't use video for this stuff. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's another big hurdle that you don't have to worry about with with audio. Definitely. But yeah, I mean, the thing is, you want them to feel comfortable. So like all these things are maybe takes a little extra work, a little extra prep, but it's in your interest as the interviewer, producer. It's in your interest for the listener because, you know, these guests, they have... They have their expertise, they have their story to tell, they have their lived experience, and that's that's the whole point of what you're doing, is trying to get that and, and get it out there. Cool. So one of the ways we've been rolling with our podcast is we like to play different clips just from our archives to add context and add a little bit of texture to all of our conversations. So I'm going to play something here, and then we'll keep this conversation going around being comfortable and getting your guests to be comfortable we interview mostly entrepreneurs, there's so many layers of, of defense and so many layers of, I need to present as having it all together all the time because literally my, my dinner's on the line. If I don't get this investment or I don't close this customer or close this sale, so people have to really present and like have their talking points in order. So a lot of what we do to get to that beginning, middle, end, and also to get to people to get to the emotional vulnerability or, or selective vulnerability in a lot of cases, to get to that place where it's a story people want to listen to, we have to spend a lot of time with them and and ask questions that kind of catch them off guard, but also give them the opportunity to be like, you don't have to. So that was recorded at Nashville Podcast Day. It was here at the Entrepreneur Center, Nashville Entrepreneur Center. 
and you've come to our podcast meetup. Mm-hmm. And when I say our podcast meetup, it's a meetup for the community, by the community. Nobody makes any money. And I'm one of the organizers of that. And so that was at our big podcast day. So Bren's talking about finding this place of emotional vulnerability. So any thoughts come to mind of like that idea of emotional vulnerability? Yeah. I mean, I think that's definitely the goal. I mean, that's where you want to get. And that's why you want to clear as many obstacles as you can, you know, clear the runway so that they're not thinking about the mic. They're not thinking about, oh, what if I say the wrong thing? Is, you know, is this live? You know, that's a that's a big part of it. And like I was just saying, just you want them to forget that they have headphones on, that there's a mic in front of their face and just share their story because that's going to be, you know, the meaningful stuff. What I've noticed before, especially at these conferences where it feels like I'm just going nonstop with these interviews and so a trend I've seen or a theme I've seen over the years is just how much the guest is relying on you, the interviewer, the mm-hmm. host. They're looking to you for everything, to be comfortable, to be given permission, to relax, to breathe, just to put their tension at, you know, at the side. And it's interesting because I've even noticed where, like, you know, I have on my right, I have my little recorder. And I'm hitting record there. And so when I look to the right to adjust it, their eyes follow. Or if I look the other mm-hmm. way, they, they follow. It's like they really are looking to the interviewer as this, like this lead, basically. And the host needs to feel really comfortable because if you're uncomfortable with the gear you're using or uncomfortable with what you're talking about, that energy will transfer onto them. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're taking their, taking their cues from you. You're their guide on this journey. Yeah. That is the perfect segue to talk about how do you guide guests and keep them on track with the topic? Yeah, a lot of that comes back to the preparation. Like we were talking about, you know, before they even sit down, you can do a lot of things that they're not necessarily going to know everything you did, but then it makes everything roll. Oh, I'm curious. And so um, beforehand, as much as I can you know, research and at least know some of the places where I want to guide okay. them, then the more quickly we'll get to talking about the meat, get yeah. to really get to where we want to go. Like generally in my experience, they'll feel it or sometimes they'll even comment like, oh, wow, you must have like researched this thing or whatever it is. And I feel like that helps build trust because I'm not saying like, oh, I'm on your level talking about some therapy or some counseling technique or medical term or whatever it is. But if I can feel like, okay, well, this is, you're free to talk about it to your level of expertise. And, you know, I've put in some work to kind of create a framework, like you were saying, to where this is hopefully a conversation that you feel like is worth your time. I mean, it's it's not necessarily bad for the conversation to go off track. Like that can be some of the best stuff. If it's, you know, unexpected, it's not necessarily where I want it to go, but that can be awesome and unexpected and and a great pleasant surprise. But if I'm not prepared, then I'm not even really going to know when it's going off track in a bad way or when it's going off track in a good way, if that makes sense. That's a good point. And so... Yeah, as far as like actually guiding them back, uh, a, a couple things would be like if they are starting to like kind of jump ahead. That's one way I, I see things kind of go off track and I have to guide them back. If they're jumping ahead to something that we're or I'm planning to have them dive into later in the interview, then I can say like, OK, well, I know I'm going to be editing it anyway. So I'll just say like, hey, you know, we're going to we're going to dive into that later. So 
We can mm. we can save that for a minute from now. Um, so that's one way, just so we don't have to do extra editing or you know make them come back to it. If they're going off in a direction that I just don't think is going to be relevant or is going to be something that we end up keeping, I would say just try to like, be ready to jump in whenever there's any kind of pause and either draw them back to the last relevant thing they said and have them, hey, hey, like a minute ago, you said this one thing. Can you expand on what you were talking about there to kind of pull them back into the into that track? Or if that if that's not an option, then just try to bridge as best you can into kind of the next thing you want to talk about. You know, it's delicate, especially, you know, we're, we're talking about they're relying on you for their cues. They might be, you know, in an uncomfortable setting. And so you don't want to you make this abrupt cutoff where you're you have the risk of kind of deflating their confidence. It's still it's still good to kind of be in control and and when you're prepared then you have the ability to make those decisions about what's right. I like that. I sometimes have found that by just kind of letting it breathe, they might come back and keep talking. Sure. They yeah, might yeah. have something else oh, absolutely. that they were holding. Yeah, back. yeah. And so if you I mean, silence is uncomfortable. And so if you're okay with that, then chances are you're going to be more okay with it than your guest is. And so if you want them to keep talking, like if you're like, oh, they're kind of getting into something here that they would be okay leaving it at that, but you want to go, you know, a little bit deeper into what they're, what they're starting to, to get to, then yeah, I would say using silence is a great way to kind of, without saying like, oh, let's keep talking about that. Let's have just, a moment of silence. Yeah, just making them just uncomfortable enough to where they, they feel yeah, like they need to keep I think talking. I kind of visualize it as leaving the door open. Yeah. Letting them share what is on their mind, what is on their heart. So I wanted to ask you next, any tips you have for asking great questions during an interview mm-hmm. or getting good responses. And I kind of want to keep this dialogue going around. Like, yeah, that, that idea of emotional vulnerability, like, you know, one of the ways I like to end interviews is always ask, is there anything else on your mind? Or is there anything else on your heart? Because to me, at least it seems that it's indicating something more emotional versus just, is there anything else left on the checklist? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So as we're talking about this emotional vulnerability, do you have any tips of ways that you ask questions or, or um, yeah, anything along those lines? Yeah, yeah. So I think the the cool thing about having these conversations around, you know, mental health, addiction, recovery is that emotional vulnerability is like built in. And so it's not something that you really have to like manufacture a bunch of emotion around. And so as the interviewer, you know, I want them to feel comfortable so that they can get to that place. And so often I'll structure it to where I'll start out pretty open-ended, like kind of like how you asked me, say like, you know, just how did you get here? Like what what's your story? What's your journey? And they can take that wherever they want or say as much or as little as they want. But I feel like that's that's a good way to kind of ease into it, to be like, okay, everyone should have something to say to that that question. That's not like a real stumper. And so the one cool thing that I've found is that, you know, sometimes you'll have people where they're emotionally open just right off the bat. And they'll dive into some, you know, story where, you know, something happened to them or their family and they'll start crying, like right off the first question. You have a, you have a pretty heavy set of topics yeah, you're talking sure. about. Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like we have, we, I mean, that's 
that's, that's what space, it is. Yeah. I mean, that's wow. that they're they, and I want them to feel comfortable to share or not share as much as they want. You know, because some of these people are in recovery themselves. Um, some of these people have you know family who are in recovery. Some of these people have like a traumatic uh, incident from their past that you know they's never gonna stop being part of their process that they're working through. And so, one one thing that I found is that for the people who you know maybe aren't as open right off the bat kind of like what you said, like I'll bring it back around at the end. So after we've had this whole conversation and hopefully built a little bit of rapport, a little bit of trust, then I'll bring it back around and ask one of those more emotional questions. Again, like pretty open-ended toward the end of the interview. Like, so you're doing this certain thing that your your mission is. Why are you doing that? Why, Ooh, why? why, why, like is, that. why is this important to you? That kind of thing. And that can... Hopefully that that'll be the peak of their their uh, how how comfortable they are during the interview is is toward the end when we've kind of hopefully built that trust and kind of gone on this little journey of conversation and That's story a good together. Point. Yeah, wow, building trust. You were talking a moment ago about story. I like the idea of past, present, future as a framework for interviews because there's story baked into that story arc right there. Mm -hmm. Every story is a past, present, and uh, usually a future. And so I definitely like that. We'd like to also talk about trends, challenges, solutions, if it's more of like a B2B Mm -hmm. space. But you can still transfer that into story. Oh, yeah. Trends, challenges, you know, what are the pain points? Yeah, what's the next big hurdle you see for the industry, for yourself, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. All righty. This has been so much fun. You are like the perfect guest to have on this. And I've learned from you. I'm so glad that we get to work together here at Relationary. And you're doing great work in your, you know, in your life on at your at your job and uh, just a great guy. So Thank anything you. you want to leave us with? Anything else that we've not touched on before we wrap up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say the last big thing for how to do a great interview, how to do great questions, is to try to listen. And I think I think that's a, kind of an easy thing to forget. What were you saying? An obvious thing. No, no, okay, I'm so, that was such a terrible. <laughs> exactly. Terrible exactly. Terrible. Uh, <laughs> but listen. <laughs> yeah. So you want? I mean, you want to listen. You want to be present in the moment as much as you can. And I know that can be a challenge. I mean, a lot of podcasters are solo, and so you know, you're working. You're worrying about the levels. You're worrying about the recording. You're worrying about, you know, what's the next thing I'm going to ask? You know, is the conversation going off? off track. But yeah, I think ultimately to guide them well, to ask great questions, uh, the best way to do that is really be listening and and, and be present with them because that, I mean, that'll help their vulnerability as well if they can tell that you're invested in that time and in what they're saying and go on that journey with them. And then, and then this loops back around to the preparedness because when you're prepared going into the interview, then you are able to have that ability to be more free during the interview and just be present and listen and go where the conversation takes you. That was just warm, buttery, smooth, great advice. Man, I love that so much. Thanks, Mark. Thank you for hanging with us. What's a good way for someone to connect with you and learn more about your story and kind of keep the combo going? Yeah, yeah. So uh, my my main connection with social media is Twitter. And so that's that's at David Condos, C-O-N-D-O-S for me. The podcast that I referenced earlier that I've done for the last couple of years is called Recovery Unscripted. And you can find that uh, on all of your podcast apps. So, yeah. Thank you. 
Hey, thanks so much for listening to Brandcasting with Relationary Marketing. We're a turnkey podcast production agency for content marketing, and we'd love to hear from you. For a recap and transcript of this episode, and to download our free five-step guide to building a branded podcast, visit relationarymarketing.com slash podcast. And if you enjoy this content, please follow, rate, and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. We'll see you next time. Brandcasting is a production of Relationary Marketing. This episode was produced by Darcy Mack and executive producers Clark Buckner, me, and Chuck Bryant with editing support from Dylan Caro and music by Jess Gromit. Additional production support is provided by Anthony Luciani, AJ Myers, Riley Wallace, and Jasmine Merriweather.